your hands together. Put 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 your hands So good to see you guys. How was everybody's weekend? You had a long one, I guess. Maybe you have jobs. I don't know. <laughs> if you have jobs. That... Do you have jobs? No. Okay. How was your same as everything? Did anyone go to... Uh... Oh, I'm Cameron Esposito. I'll be your host. Did I say that? That's who I am. And then uh, backstage, a bunch of comics that are also going to be on the show. You, you can clap for them if you want to. You don't have to feel like you look great. Fucking bring in some, yeah, like a rad tie shirt combo. What's the deal with the tie? Just like you knew that you had to dress to impress specifically me? Is that why? Is that? Exactly. Yep. Okay. I mean, what? It's not that I wear ties. Yeah, it's not that you wear ties. Do you have a, and you have a tie clip? Don't you? No? Okay, well... I have taken some drugs. <laughs> Not tonight, but in the past. And it was folded. It was folded and looked like a tie clip. And I was going to be like going this whole rant about like how like tie clips often have like a symbol on them, but women's shirts go backwards from the way that it... Do you guys know what I mean? Have you ever been a woman trying to buy a tie clip? <laughs> and you're so fucking frustrated because it won't... Because you have to flip it upside down and then it's an upside down cowboy. <laughs> The worst. We had a weird weekend, I think. All of us as a group, I think we had a weird weekend. I'm gonna take a moment and acknowledge that. I always feel strange getting up on stage after something that has happened that, you know, we've all talked about or tried to not talk about or that we've all tweeted about or tried to not tweet about. Like, I always feel like there's a, just a moment of acknowledging, like, that we, we, uh, there was a touchstone. We had a touchstone. Uh, this weekend, and we all experienced that in a very, very secondhand way, I think most of us here. Um, and, I, you know, I, I just think that's always like a... It's hard to know what to do, right? It's hard to know what to do. It's hard to know, like, if you tweet, does that make it worse? Like, does that make you worse? Because then somebody had a, had a somebody lost their life, and you're like, and... This <laughs> can sometimes feel cheap. Hashtags that we're talking about the female experience were uh, really getting the goat of some young men that probably do not have goats. <laughs> some urban young white men or older white. I'm guessing they're white. They felt white. <laughs> From the tweets. <laughs> Today I was... Because the other thing that happens is that I don't... I mean, I don't know what we're supposed to do. I don't know what we're supposed to do about guns. I don't know if we're supposed to... I know that I... I know 
that I uh, love guns as held by Linda Hamilton. (laughs) So I do feel like I have uh, myself influenced the fact that people think guns are cool. Like, I think guns are cool, but generally, because I was going through, like, why do I think guns are cool? I think generally it's uh, when they're in the hands of somebody who I feel is standing in for me. And, um, like, they're, you know, robots um, are not Arnold Schwarzenegger, but they are coming to get us. And... (laughs) It does feel like there's that moment of like purging that feeling from your body where you get to think about all the ways that you've been shat upon and then you get to watch somebody who is at a lower status, you know, kind of overcome and uh, achieve greatness. Like, for instance, I don't know if you've seen The Raid Redemption, but uh, that's a very small man. He punches a lot of people (laughs) pretty hard. (laughs) So it's that kind of thing. And then there's there's an opposite side of that. You know, there's people that feel like they are a Linda Hamilton, but they are not a Linda Hamilton. (laughs) Because they have never given birth to John Connor. Um, (laughs) I I don't know. What are you supposed to do? I waited so long to tweet about it or anything. Like, but then you I feel like I want I wanted to be like, yes, I'm I'm with you. Like that's it is it is legit. It is legitimate. Social media is a legitimate way for us to feel like we're together these days. That's, that's actually true. As sad as it is, as sad as our pathetic little her-inspired lives have become, it is a legitimate way of connecting to be like, what? 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 Agree! You know, like... That is real. That's real. And I was trying not to like participate in it too much this weekend because I was at a wedding and I was trying to connect with that uh, feeling. And uh, you know, even that was just like, like I was, I was trying to be just like so open to the love that was happening. And it actually was a beautiful wedding. Um, but also like, it, like just the amount of shit that people bring with them where they go. Like people, I sat, I was sitting uh, behind somebody at the ceremony next to my fiance. And this gentleman turned around and he said, oh, I heard you guys are engaged. And I said, yes. And he said, marriage is dead. (laughs) Here's what's amazing about that. People were currently getting married. This is during the ceremony that he is attending, presumably for free food. (laughs) But technically, you're supposed to pay like $100 a plate in your gift, so that's an expensive sloppy joe. (laughs) Because it was an outdoor wedding. (laughs) That happened, and then right after that, directly after that, two groomsmen gave a speech. They gave a speech together. It was like a, no, it wasn't a speech, it was like a reading. They gave a reading together. Now, this is a heterosexual wedding. Uh, My fiance and I, I believe, are the only gay couple there. Um, and we were wearing, you know, this. So it wasn't like we were flying under the radar. Um, And the two groomsmen got up to read, and they said, before they got to their reading, they took a moment, and they said, uh, we just want you to know that we are not together, 
and that we are just reading this as uh, adult men. <laughs> and then they read a love poem that nobody would have thought was them openly having butt sex with each other. <laughs> so sometimes I wonder what it's like to be a straight man. And then I experience things with, like that, where I'm just like, you're standing in front of two people on the best day of your life, and the only thing you can think of to say is, hey, much like these two, I am not gay. <laughs> Enjoy yourselves. The whole, everybody that was watching the wedding, when they said that, broke into peals of laughter. I mean, that joke hit so fucking hard, people couldn't believe it. You mean you're not gay? Great punchline, said the audience as a group. And my fiance and I just sat there, and then we looked at each other like, I can't believe this is a, I can't believe... I mean, I'm in comedy. I have to hear that shit every fucking day of my life. I didn't expect that I would have to go to a straight wedding, a straight wedding, and watch a dude step in front of a heterosexual couple and just be like, and also no one is gay, because that would be weird. Enjoy the wedding! Like, <laughs> But that level of fear and anger, I think, is what leads to... Things like, like what happened. I really do think um, when you're not able to express any emotion, like this is what they thought was going to be considered gay, expressing a human emotion. <laughs> if that is gay, and it is also, just so you know, <laughs> it is also straight. Like, it's a human emotion. If, you, if, a, if a straight man feels like he needs to restrict that from his life, I feel like he is going to live a really awful life, disconnected from himself and other people. I think the, like the, the, the one thing that I just want to end uh, talking about this on is, is that, so, like, I did finally get around to it, and I uh, decided to say, I just decided to say something what I said earlier, you know, that I think it does matter. It is part of our conversation that we have with each other. And I just wrote, um, like, well, I don't know. It was really eloquent. <laughs> I think it was like, it was something like, um, you know, thank God we're protecting guns because guns create, make art and thought and us. Oh, wait, never mind. That's women. That's what I wrote. <laughs> It's a fucking great joke. But somebody responded to that and said, you know, women also use guns. So here's what's interesting to that. Number one, he thinks I don't know women use guns. <laughs> Number two, he thinks guns are men. Do you get that? Like in that tweet, I didn't say like, I didn't say, it's, I said like, women do amazing stuff, guns do bad things, and he said, I believe you mean men. When you say guns, I think you mean men. Uh, which is not what I meant. Like, that's the binary that we've created for ourselves, that if I'm talking about women, and then I say something tough, 
and you guys are, or whoever, you guys here specifically, the men in the audience tonight in this room, are like, fuck you! It's not us! I am talking about a, a static object. I'm not talking about you. Don't fucking flatter yourselves. But also, so I responded by that. I said, I'm talking about guns. I'm not talking about men. That being said, if you want to, you can check out these statistics. And I would just say, like, you can, you can Google this. It's like the second entry that comes up. There's a Wikipedia entry about uh, sex demographics and gun violence. And it is like 90% of the people that kill people with guns are men. So, fair enough, guy. <laughs> However, I will say this. If you're a guy and you're offended by that, here's the other thing you should know. Uh, like, 80% of the people that die from gun violence are men. So, you're fucking killing each other. <laughs> and us! <laughs> you're killing each other and us! We're making you! Well, not me specifically, but... <laughs> So yeah, it's a disproportionate issue, and I don't think that we have to pretend that it's not. You know, it's the same thing with, like, when people were saying the yes all women hashtag, and then people were like, saying, but yeah, but yes all men. Like, yes all men have to fear uh, rape. That's not true. Uh, all men don't feel fear rape all the time. They don't. That's just true. Like, you guys are sitting here, and then you're going to go out, it's going to be dark outside, and you're going to be like, where are my keys? And the women are going to be like, where are the other people? <laughs> And how do I face my body away from them? <laughs> so we don't need to say that everything's equivalent in order to say that, like, we're all trying our best. Uh, and some of us are also not trying our best. So fucking keep each other accountable. I guess my, my takeaway from this is, like, men, if you are upset about people telling you that you kill people, know that you are also the most likely person to be killed. <laughs> so fucking get your shit together and police each other. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, guys. Hey, uh, I'm so excited this next comic is back on the show. We love him so much here. Let's hear right now from Mr. Ron Babcock, guys. Give it up for Ron. Thank you. Uh, I'm a white man, so I don't know how this is going to go. I like how, like, uh, uh, like our camera's like, white men, except this one's one of the good ones. Ron Babcock, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out. I'm always excited to come and uh, be a part of this show. Let's get to know each other a little bit, sir. Uh, what's your name? Dan. Dan. Strong monosyllabic name. I like that. Pal, what's your name? Tim. Tim. Ooh, that's another good one. How about you, pal? Uh, Tomas. Tomas. Ooh, I like that little flavor. <laughs> My name is Ron, and uh, growing up, I didn't like my name, because Ron is never the name of the hero. Ron is always the name of your mom's new boyfriend. Kids, be nice to Ron. That's been said thousands of times. You know what's never been said? We're saved! Ron's here! <laughs> I like how it got started off kind of real tonight, so I want to continue with that. I'm going to ask you guys a real question, and I want you guys to give me a real answer. Cool? You guys believe in soulmates? No. Mm. I like that no over there. 
That's the kind of no that comes with the story, you know? I did, till she came down with a case of the dumb bitches. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, let me, a couple of people said yes. Let me ask this. How many people here are in a relationship, dating, boyfriend, girlfriend, clap? Wow. Few more people in a relationship than believe in soulmates. It's a little interesting, isn't it? A lot of people think it's naive to believe in soulmates, the idea that there's one person out there just for you. I believe in soulmates. You know why? Because I have to. I have to hold on to the hope that that's real. Otherwise, what's the goddamn point? And there's more ways. We should all be with our soulmate because there are more ways to meet people today than ever before in the history of the world. Match, OkCupid, eHarmony, Tinder, and they're all really good at matching us with people we don't want to spend any time with. <laughs> How am I going to find my soulmate from you answering the question, the six things I can't live without? Is one of them coffee? <laughs> I bet one of them's coffee. <laughs> Do you drink a lot of coffee? Everyone drinks coffee! How does that let me know whether or not you're going to hurt me? <laughs> And it used to be so much simpler when I was younger. When I was younger, I was into two things, and I'm being totally honest. Titties and big old titties. <laughs> now, I get turned on by empathy. <laughs> there is nothing hotter than someone saying to you, hey, 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 I understand. I want to understand the shit out of you later. <laughs> what do you want to build? A house? A dog? A family? I get that. I get that. That's way different than I was 22 and like, check out them tags! Because I used to bark at people. It was my thing. And maybe there are no, no such thing as soulmates. Maybe your soulmate is just the person that you decide is your soulmate. That person that you say, hey, whatever happens, whatever problems, we're going to work through it. If that's the case, we need dating websites where instead of listing your likes and your dislikes, you list your skills. Things you know how to do. Because that's what you're interested in when you meet someone that you want to build something with. You're like, what do you bring to the relationship table? You speak Spanish and you know how to cook Italian? Okay, all right. Like a relationship is like a potluck dinner for two people. You can't both bring salad. And I got my skills locked and loaded. I have amazing credit. <laughs> 780. Yeah. Not a big deal in your 20s, but in your 30s, it makes a surprising difference. I always pick out the right Tupperware container for leftovers. Like, whenever I put food away, it looks like a goddamn infinity pool. Just right up to the brim. Like, my brain sees leftovers and it can just play, you know? Every year, Thanksgiving hero, this guy. Also, I'm super good at farmer's markets. If vegetables are a game, psh, girl, I'm a player. <laughs> and then I could look at this website, and I could go through it, and I could find the things that I need in a relationship. Like, I need a girl who knows how to parallel park. Because seeing a woman take control of a stressful situation turns me on. 
I think this spot is kind of small. I got it! <laughs> yeah, you do! Take what's yours, Khaleesi! Take what's yours! And I need a girl, and this is a big one, I need a girl who knows how to tell a good story. Because that's all a relationship is. You have sex for 25 minutes or nine. And then you just tell stories for hours. So if one of you is bad at stories, it's like, oh God, this is terrible. And now you're thinking, well, how do I know if I'm good at stories? Easy. You are not a good storyteller if you end most of your stories with, so yeah. (laughs) That was my day. You need to work on your structure. Finally, the thing I need is, uh, I need a girl who uh, is an adventurous eater. And I know it sounds kind of weird, but if a woman is willing to try new foods, in my experience, that means she's willing to try other things. And whatever you're thinking about right now is exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to end on this. It's the coolest thing that ever happened to me. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I was on the subway. I was in New York. Doors open. In walks in the most beautiful woman that I have ever seen. Sits down next to me, this guy. And she goes, uh, excuse me, sir? Yeah? Does this train stop at 34th Street? She just wanted directions, but we started chatting it up. We were kind of hitting it off. I was making her laugh. And as she was getting off the train, I wanted to ask for her number because why not? But instead, I gave her my business card. Yeah, I felt like I totally wussed out until this guy that I didn't know on the other end of the train just turned to me and went, that was awesome. (laughs) She was so hot, I can't believe you did that. Here, here's my business card. (laughs) If she calls you, you call me, just so I know that this could happen to guys like us. (laughs) And then we'd high five so hard that my hand hurt. Three days later, I actually called him up. I was like, hey, man, um, I met you on the subway. Oh, yeah, what happened? I totally had sex with that girl, which was a lie. <laughs> but I gave that guy hope. What did you do today? <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm Comedy's Ron Dathcock. Enjoy the rest of the show. Ron Dathcock, always hilarious. Let's hear it for Ron. Show uh, right on rolling with a with a great friend of the show and a good friend of mine, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Anthony Jesselnick. Give it up for Anthony. <laughs> Guys, Anthony Jesselnick, one more time for Anthony. So we've got an awesome show tonight because uh, oh hi by the way, how are you? Were you here the whole time or did you just join us? I was here the whole time. You were here the whole time and then you went to the bathroom. Yes. I, in the meantime... I yeah, did, yeah, yeah, but you brought your juice to the I bathroom. Did, it's, uh, it's very healthy. Yeah. Is that like a green juice, too? That's pee. You peed in your bottle, right? <laughs> Didn't you pee in your bottle? It feels like you went to the bathroom and peed in your bottle. Anyway, um, I'm putting that on you. That's probably not true. Are you enjoying the show? So far. Yeah, what'd you do, what'd you do today? Uh, lots of stuff. I, wow. That's yeah. literally nobody ever says that. <laughs> I ask that almost every week, and usually people go, uh, uh, nothing, I can't think of a thing. <laughs> Look at you, you interesting fella. What, well, okay, let's, uh, do, what, what do you think are the top three things you did today? Uh, well, I got my hair cut. 
you got your hair cut. So yeah, again, like, you know, not necessarily exciting, but certainly a thing. I should have been there. Was it very long? You or are the you just or the duration? Whatever you want. <laughs> Look at the world that you live in. I love the childlike wonder <laughs> that you are bringing to everything. You're the only girl that does. Well, whoopsie daisy. <laughs> No? You guys are not together? Well, now we are. No, don't say that. <laughs> That's not fun for anybody. Uh, are you... No, she's cool. She's... Are you with that person? You're... Oh, you're a group of friends. Yeah. What a weird thing to say to your friend. <laughs> well, I guess that's how you date people. You just... Somebody asks you. Yeah. <laughs> are you doing that friend how are you how was your day yeah you that that you buddy uh what'd you do today uh i, I worked all day yeah what do you do for a living uh i make commercials you make commercials yeah what did you commercial? <laughs> <laughs> we talked about uh several jobs that we have in place oh several jobs like what what in uh you know hey i'm not gonna ask you to talk about your clients but like what arena are we talking about i'm pretty sure that's commercial lingo right arena <laughs> like, are we talking about like bath care products or cereal what are we what are we working on today cars, cars. ooh uh, fucking delta. primo <laughs> I like that you said cars and then just delta just the like that's a big enough client that it's equivalent to cars <laughs> yeah alright I get it <laughs> delta I fly delta uh, so, um, thanks for making me do that. <laughs> I fly Delta, and they have a, they have an in-flight video right now. It is an amazing experience, because, I don't know if you guys have seen this, on a couple different airlines have decided to do, like, funny in-flight videos, and some of them are actually good. Like, Virgin has one that's animated, and it's, like, pretty decent animation with, like, little jokes in it. And you're watching it going, like, oh, they, like, found a good creative person, and they were like, here's a... Make a th something that goes with the, the club-like vibe of our purple plane. And it fucking worked. Like, they nailed it, and it's insane that they did. And then... Delta's one right now, or I don't know if it's switched over because it might have just been the month prior, but uh, they were doing like a return to the 80s. And so the safety video was all like 80s stuff. And I had seen it, I mean, I, f I fly a lot. And so I had seen it like 18 or 20 times. But to watch people on a plane experience entertainment, like because when you experience entertainment on a plane, first of all, I don't want flight attendants to ever be funny. Like, Jesus Christ, you have enough shit to deal with. Like, people are shitting everywhere. Do you, have you been on a plane? They should not have to make jokes. Southwest, go fuck yourself. But, um, just to see people reacting to this video, because they would have, like, they had, like, little Easter eggs in there, like, this is very 80s! Like, one guy would be drinking a tab, just like, what about this? And then it would cut away, and then when it cut back, his, like, afro was bigger, but like a kid and play haircut. I, that's not really even that, I, now that I think about it, but, um, they had, like, a person using Atari, and people would, uh, people would just be like, oh my, like, Alboy, are you... Are you kidding me? 
on there. Anyway, um, I know that's not what you do, but if you could let Delta know. Everybody's pretty into it. Uh, you're the, you're the, how, how, was you, how was your day? Yeah, what'd you do? You worked? You, were, you guys work together? You, for, do, you, do you have the same clients or different? Yeah, we sit right next to each other. You sit, yeah, of course, yeah, right now, and then, yeah, all day. <laughs> Who's better? <laughs> at your job, yeah. No, you have to both look at me? And then we'll say it on three. One, two, three. He's either so fucking good or the biggest dick in the world. Oh, you guys, one more round of applause for these people right here. Hey, uh, we're going to keep the show rolling. Now, this next comic is not only a great, great friend of the show, we have him here a lot, we love him, but also he's recording uh, a new special. He's taping a special in uh, New York, in Brooklyn. Now, why would I tell you guys this? Because this also goes out as a podcast. So, yeah, you're seeing a live show right now. You can go home and listen to it. Or you can listen to it on weekends. You guys can't make it into the UCB. Or you can get on a plane, Delta perhaps, and fly to New York and go catch him June 3rd and 4th at the Bell House. Let's hear it right now from Mr. Matt Bronger, guys. Give it up for Matt! Yes. Next week. Next week. Yes. Now this happened pretty fast, actually, because mm-hmm. the last time you were here, remember we had a conversation where you were prepping for your next special, but you weren't sure when. When. Or, yeah. Yeah. So was that was that like a two three week it kinda, time? Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. So I was at Bridgetown. Uh, my manager was like, "Oh, they they have a slot open uh, if if you're interested." And I was like, "Oh, well, I, I you know, you, n- nothing's ever good enough." So you're like, "Can right. I have another month? Can we push it a month?" And they're like, "It's the last one they're doing the rest of the year." And I'm like, "I'll just fucking take it." So I've just yeah. been like, just pounding the pavement and going up every single night, and just did. I just did uh, six shows in Denver, which were, you know, that was very serendipitous to have that. Right. You know, I just do it like an hour a night running the same stuff. Well, maybe, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Of course, there's always that feeling like, I want to get it yeah. right. But then there's also the other side of the coin, which is like the the stuff you're excited about yeah. that you haven't and, like and worn are, into Exactly. A and I've rhythm. dropped a lot of bits that I don't even, I won't even put on there, but like, or here and there, but there are ones that I've done so many times that I stopped doing them and now I have to do them again to yeah. remember them for the right. thing, you know? But Absolutely. it's like, but it will, you know, maybe another month I would have been like, oh, screw that joke. Like, I don't even want it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm so, tired of it. So. so that'll be yeah. So like it's, a great, also the other thing I think so many people don't realize is that like specials and albums are really just like a moment in time. Yes. Honestly, like it's never mm-hmm. finished. No. You're just there the day that you're there. Exactly. With the jokes as they are that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to hear it, man. Right on. So, everyone go see him. Go see me. All right. Go see Matt in New York. You guys all go see Matt in New York. Oh, guys, we have two comics left on the show. Do you have it in your hearts for two more great comics? I knew you did. I knew you did. Uh, this next fella, it is his first time on the show, and when it's somebody's first time on the show, we go out of our way and be extra welcoming to them. So let's hear it for Mr. James Davis, guys. Give on! Give it up for him! What's up, guys? I love that song. Got to download it immediately. Uh, yes, it's my first time here. Uh, I'm from L.A. Uh, anybody here from L.A.? Make some noise. Yeah, yeah. I'm from uh, Crenshaw and Stalker. For those who don't know, that's not hood. 
that's hood adjacent. Like here's a hood, drive-bys, gang-banging. It looks like an episode of The Wire. Then there's a street. Then I grew up the fuck over here. Thank you, mom, for working harder than those moms across the street. (laughs) Thank you for overcoming what they couldn't. Uh, I'm hood adjacent. I make Kool-Aid with Fiji water. (laughs) It tastes better, you know? It it tastes like meeting your dad. Like, mmm. Like, ah, like goodness. If you went, aw, then you haven't had Fiji water. It's... Really that good. Uh, I didn't gangbang, but I was a part of the all-black Boy Scout troop. I lived that life. Uh, It was the killers than us. Um, But don't get it twisted. They were running the streets. We were running the woods, okay? They were busting guns. We were busting guns, too. Now, mind you, ours was for a riflery mayor badge. But still, under the right supervision, I could kill anybody in this room right now. I just need my scoutmaster there to have me hold it the right way. So it doesn't smack me in the face afterwards. I mean, you guys know how it is when you're busting guns, right? You don't. I was in an all-black Boy Scout troop, and we looked like a cross between the baby Black Panthers and the Little Rascals. And what annoyed me is they made us wear kente cloth Boy Scout scarves. I don't know if you guys know that. That's an African fabric they made us wear on top of our uniform as if the world didn't know, yes, we're the nigga troop. Like, that's the... We have Jordans on instead of hiking boots. Like, if a bear pops out, all we can do is Jordan shove. Uh, he still got me. He still... I'm wearing the three. He's got... Mr. Grizzly should have known. <laughs> I want to be an Eagle Scout. That's like the highest level in Boy Scouts. Is there any Boy Scouts in here tonight, by the way? Uh-oh. Were you Eagle Scout? Everybody, round of applause for that man right there. Yes. Yes. How many times do you get that shout out, right? Not a lot. I wanted to be an uh, Eagle Scout. I was a Life Scout. Eagle Scout, that's, 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 that's top shit. You get a letter from the president that pretty much says what? Thank you for sacrificing so much popularity so that you can get this badge on a shirt you can't fit. That's the hater talk right there. That's, that's jealousy talking, sir. I don't feel that way. That's just an emotion speaking. I was a Life Scout, which is right before Eagle Scout, but what had happened was my Boy Scout career had bled into the latter parts of high school, and I came to a fork in the road. Complete the requirements for Eagle Scout or lose my virginity. And I was like, you know what? I'm about that loss. Badges or badges, what would you choose? I had to put the kid take cloth down. I retire. Gonna get my pussy badge. <laughs> um, everybody's been talking about this Donald Sterling situation, man. It, it, it like really, it's funny how like emotional people are getting over it. See, I have a lot of white friends, so I understand that, you know, the slip up is gonna happen. The racist slip up, it's gonna happen. That one Jay Z song comes on, we're all drunk. Jigga, my nigga. Ah! Wait, we said it together. We said it together. I said it to you. You said it to me. It was a. Fr- I'm sorry. I didn't say the ER. Remember that in your judgment. God, dagnab it. <laughs> it happens. And a lot of black people, they're like, you know what? Friendship over. Me, I'm like, it's cool, Tim. You owe me. That's it. You owe me. 
So say we're going to the club a week later, twenty dollars to get in. Oh damn it, I done left my wallet. Tim, remember how you said nigga the other day? I feel like if you pay my way in, you're not racist anymore. Or just wipe your resume clear of bigotry. The worse the slip up, the more you owe me. You call me a monkey, a hundred dollars on the spot. Anything worse, I need reparations. Right there. 40 Jordans and a Kia. I don't know. I don't know. That situation just reminded me that, you know, as a race, black people don't have white people back up. You know? Let me say, this, like, for example, had Donald Sterling said, no gays at the Clipper games, Glad would have swooped down faster than Batman when the bat sign goes up. Like, that's how fast they would have swooped down. And you know, they, you know how they are. When Glad shows up, you're not glad. Like, that's how... <laughs> had Donald St- Sterling said no pets at the Clipper game, Peter would have been up there splashing everybody paint. <laughs> <laughs> what they say? Who? What? Like, that's how gangster Peter is. You, you guys know about Peter, right? Like, for real, it goes like, Bloods, Crips, Peter in the middle. Like, that's... <laughs> That's how gangster. You know how gangster you gotta be to look at a pan of cane and be like, I wish, yep, ammunition. Yep, like, like they are so gang, like they're gonna do a gangland episode on PETA one day. Like, it's gonna be this one dude, like, I joined PETA in 1999. I just, after my puppy was stolen, and then I just, I lost it. I had this, I had, I had paint in my trunk, and I didn't know what to do. I blacked out, and next thing I know, paint was on everybody, and I was like, I like how this feels. And. I called some friends up. <laughs> you know, my favorite part about the movie Menace of Society is, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, is when there's this one character, O-Dog, and this other dude, I don't remember, but O-Dog, <laughs> super gangster, and they were riding out on a revenge like drive-by, and the other dude was getting nervous, and O-Dog was like, you acting like a bitch right now. You acting real paranoid and shit. These motherfuckers shot your goddamn cousin in front of your face. I ain't gonna let that ride. We gonna get these fools and we gonna lay that murder game down. Now, is you with me? You acting like a real bitch right now. That's how Peter feels every time they see someone with fur on. <laughs> Motherfucker killed my goddamn pet. Like, like they're that gangster. I just feel like they get away with it because their name sounds so innocent. Peter. Close your eyes, everybody. Peter. What does that sound like? some little British boy with leukemia who may not make it, like, you can't blame anything on him. Black Panther, that's too scary. We need a name like Peter. We need Pita. <laughs> People for ethical treatment of African-Americans. And we'll do the same thing. I see Paula Dean, she's doing a cooking expo. I just roll up on her with a big bucket of old black barbershop hair. Ugh. That's what you get, bitch. Stir that in. I'm James Davis, thank you guys. Lots of great peeing going on. <laughs> so that's fun. Well, um, I mean, it's been a great show so far. Everybody's been amazing. And uh, I guess I just have one more thing I want to talk to you about before I bring up our final act. Um, so it's uh, a summer movie time. And I saw, I've seen a couple of summer movies. I saw Godzilla. That movie's fucking great. See that movie as many times as you can. 
he's big, and he is gonna, he's gonna get right in there with his arms. Love that guy. I saw that X-Men flick over the weekend. No. I want to respect you as a person. And I understand your response. So you can woo. But I still say no. I say no. 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 Who's... Clav, Clav, have you seen this movie? I mean, it's like... The, it's a big enough release. I think there's at least some people who've seen it. And you know what? I'm not even going to be spoilery, so don't get stressed out. But this one thing does happen. No. Um, oh. If you haven't seen it and you are going to see it, who's going to see it that hasn't seen it yet? Who's going to see it? That's a lot of people. I'm not trying to, like, fuck with your brain, but I am. That's the whole point of this. It's the whole point of Santa Brilli. Just to put a little thing in there where you're like, well, maybe. Um, I wonder what Louis C.K. said about that. God, by the way. <sighs> you know what? I'll be fucking woman enough to say it. I don't give a fuck what he says about anything anymore. <laughs> Wow, I lost the whole comedy audience. I just don't. I feel like it's like somebody else's turn to talk. We're at the town meeting, and he's been on for a while. See, even in this room, people are nervous to laugh at something Louis C.K. will never hear. Zero percent chance that he will hear me say this, and even less chance that he will hear your laughter identify you, come to your house, and tell you how to treat women. women that x-men movie has a there's a there's a a bit of a of a face-off uh during the entire movie between uh, magneto and professor x now that's not a spoiler alert because that's the whole point of x-men <laughs> but i will say that uh the, in the middle is this mystique character right which by the way is jennifer lawrence right now which is really wild first of all good on you x-men because they got her cheap like do you realize that do you realize how fucking stoked X-Men is that they invested early in Jennifer Lawrence before she was, like, tripping and getting an Oscar, and then they were like, ha, 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 we've got her. <laughs> you sign, when you sign on to play a character, you sign, like, multiple, you're that, they, like, they can't chat, you know, like, they search, so she's on all those things, and everybody is like, I can't believe it. Because <laughs> everything she does is adorable. I actually really, I, I like Jennifer Lawrence. I think she's doing a great job of managing her career. She's so young. And I think when young people do a good job of, like, getting out in front of all the exposure that they have and just being kind of chill about it, like, I'm just always impressed. Uh, she does a great job with this. You're not going to believe who else I say. Miley Cyrus. I think she's fucking managing the shit out of her career. Thank you, that guy. Third, Lady Gaga. Those people, Beyonce. That's the fourth one. Those women, fucking killing it in terms of, like, no, this is how it is. You know what I mean? I can't tell you how true that is. And they're like, oh, I was drunk. Let me tell you how drunk it is. And then no one can write, like, she was a little drunk. They're like, oh, I f was very drunk. Anyway, um. <laughs> this is kind of a different way of doing that. I like it. She's in this movie, and I don't know if you guys know the character Mystique, but uh, that's who she plays. Now, Mystique can turn into people, but she can also kick you while her other foot is right on the ground. And she can kick you at your head. She can kick you in your head, and she can leave it there. She can leave it right on your head. She's kicking you on your head and she's standing. Statically. She's just, what are you doing? She's, that's what she's saying. She can be anybody. She can transform into anybody 
do all the stuff they can do, then transform back into her, like, blue, scaly, feathery self, and then still kick your ass. Like, she has so many levels of just, like, well, should I do it this way or this way? She's got everything. She literally has everything at her disposal. Uh, except for, of course, mind control. Unless she's professor... Okay, sorry. Um... <laughs> But this movie, something that comes up in this movie is that there's a real uh, back and forth about which, whether uh, Mystique belongs more, and that is a word that they use, belongs more to uh, Charles Xavier, Xavier or Magneto. Two men fight with each other about which one of them owns a mutant who could do anything. Like, just to go back to that original part that I opened the show with, that matters. Movies matter. Movies matter. We see movies. They get in our heads. We are in a generation of people that grew up watching Twilight. Like, Twilight is about a human woman who has to save two people who could kill her at any time because their hearts might get a boo-boo. <laughs> like, that is the most offensive, misogynistic horseshit. And I will spoil a part of Twilight for you. Because I know you don't care, Louis C.K. fans. She gets pregnant in Twilight. The woman in Twilight, Bella, she gets pregnant. She has a vampire baby. And the vampire baby delivers itself by eating its way out of her stomach. Surprisingly enough, the one who wrote these movies is a, a Mormon who doesn't believe in premarital sex. So that's the image of pregnancy that she's giving to little girls, like, wait, wait for a real long time. You wait for a real long time? Oh, and then someday, like the first time you have sex, you're going to get pregnant. How pregnant? Well, your bones are going to break, and the baby will eat itself out of you. It's the slowest version of Alien, and you've caused it. And those two men fight. The whole time they fight, there was a werewolf and a vampire, and they fight the whole... Does anyone care if I spoil this thing? This is the final thing. Does anyone care? The whole thing, the whole time they fight, the whole time they fight, and then at the end, when the baby eats itself out of the stomach, the werewolf decides instead he would like to now fuck the baby. And I'm not kidding, that's the plot of those films. He decides to marry a baby who grows real fast because she's half vampire. So I think that that... Yeah, you're saying what, but anybody who has seen these movies knows that is a completely accurate representation of what happens. They had to try so hard to make that not creepy because it's in the book, and when you read it, it's like, wait, what happened? But then they actually have to show it, and there's a scene where the werewolf has to walk in and be like, oh. Look at that baby. <laughs> It's horrifying. <laughs> so I just, I just think, here's what I think. I fucking love action movies. I love sci-fi movies. They are my favorite. And I think that when women are in action movies, I'm sick of them being a helper. I don't think they need to be a helper anymore. I also don't think, like, if you're a girlfriend, that's totally chill. I'm fine with there being girlfriends in action movies. I'm fine with there being, like, I'm fine, you know, I'm fine with, like, Lois Lane being like, I can't fly and you can fly, so fly me. I'm fine with that. <laughs> but when a woman is in an action movie and she has 
all of the powers that everybody else in the movie has. I would just like to see her not have to be an assistant. That's what I would like. Uh, so this is um, something I'm talking to you guys about that I hope you'll talk to your friends about and think about when you see that movie or other movies. When you see uh, whatever future Superman movie that might have a super lady in it, we don't know. Could be a wonder gal in there. <laughs> I just hope she gets to fight her own battles. Like, I just hope that we all realize, like, well, she is an Amazon, so we can go ahead and give her a job. <laughs> I don't mean, like, a job. That was weird at the end there, because there's a lot of people that don't know about Wonder Woman being an Amazon, and then you guys were like, why would we give an Amazon a job? And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't be good at a lot of things. Well, they'd be good at archery, because they cut off that breast. Okay, anyway... <laughs> I think I've made my point. It was brilliant. You're welcome. Hey, this final comic is a friend of the show that we fucking love, and he's going to bring the uh, house down. He's a great last comic to have on the show. Let's hear from Mr. Zach Sherwin, guys. Give it up for Zach. Uh, I thought it'd be a punctuated off instead of a fade out. Uh, I... Also wasn't into X-Men. Tiny spoiler warning, it's coming up. All the fun of X-Men is watching Wolverine like be a badass and have crazy-ass metal claws. And in this movie, he's like a goody two-shoes, and he only has bone claws because they've gone back in time before he got the metal ones. Uh, were you guys a little... Was it a little scary being like, there's one comic left on the show. Maybe it is Louis C.K. Did anybody think that? That would have been a comedy happening. I've lived in Hollywood for about four and a half years, and I think it's been too long because here is an actual interaction I had this morning. I went to a coffee shop, Cafe Vita, and uh, I ran into my friend Kurt, and I said, hey, man, did you go to Anthony's thing over the weekend? And he goes, you mean his wedding? And that was what I had met, you guys. <laughs> Anthony's thing. It's getting to me. <laughs> Got to start using the Brita again. <laughs> did that make sense to you guys? I was like, it's in the Hollywood water. Thanks for being there. <laughs> Did you guys see Tara, the hero cat? The, uh, the viral cat video where the dog was attacking the, attacking the baby and then the cat yes. scared it off? Amazing. I thought that was great. Uh, and I think there should be a weed strain named Tara, the hero cat. <laughs> I think it's appealingly whimsical, and I think the name implies awesomeness, and also the initials are both THC. Like, I think that's fucking perfect. If anybody names weed strains, throw me a credit on that one. Um, I dislike being uh, cut in front of, um, but the next time that it happens, I have the perfect thing ready to say, so I am sort of hoping that it happens. Uh, someone cuts in front of me, and I go, whoa, 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 you gotta wait like a skate in line. <laughs> if only I'd been born 20 years earlier, I could have worked it into a Saved by the Bell script or something like that. It would have been great. Okay, so, um... We all know that thing that uh, at one time in our country, like, men wore hats everywhere. Like, you wouldn't go out without your hat. Uh, and that's a thing that I know intellectually but can't appreciate on a gut level. Like, I understand that that was true in our culture at one time, but I don't really get it. It's not something I grew up with. I just don't understand it intuitively. So let's put that aside for a second. Uh, and I'm going to tell you guys about a story that my grandmother told me. I had the privilege of spending Mother's Day with her and my mom. And this is a story grandma told us uh, at dinner after a couple glasses of wine. Um, sometime in the early 1980s, 
Uh, she and my grandfather, who was a traveling clothes salesman, were invited by a colleague of my grandfather's to stay for a couple days with him and his wife. They lived in Ohio. They went to Indiana. The first night they were there after dinner, uh, the other couple set up a home movie projector and they watched three pornographic films. Uh, and that night, my grandmother and grandfather went to their own guest room and she said, are they trying to get us to play Switch? And then the next night, they watched two more pornographic films and my grandmother thought all of them were, quote, vile, except for one that she thought was adorable and that was Debbie Does Dallas. End of story as presented by my grandmother. Like hats, there's so much in this story. My grandma's sharp. She's not, like, demented or anything. I believe that all the things in this story happen. But there are so many fucking parts of it that I just cannot access in a way that makes sense to me. You guys might be having some of the same questions. Let's go through some of the things that stand out. First of all, it's, I think, unusual for, like, two adult couples to invite each other out for a couple days of slumber party. But that is the tip... <laughs> The tip of the iceberg. Okay, first of all, five movies in two days. Movies of any kind. That's more movies than I've ever watched. It's not a movie marathon. It's a film festival. <laughs> Secondly, I have never watched a pornographic movie all the way through. Not even one, let alone five of them in two days. It's just... It's absolutely mind-blowing to me. Also, what you might not be appreciating is this happened in the early 80s. I looked it up. Debbie Does Dallas came out in 1978. Let's say it was a couple years afterwards where they had, like, a home reel of it. My grandparents were in their, like, late 50s for grandma, early 60s for my grandfather. I don't know if you were picturing that part of it when you were imagining this story. But it's super bizarre. Why didn't my grandmother speak up if she thought they were all vile and she hated it so much? Like, and... The movie that I'm most interested in them proposing is the fourth one, right? Like, the first night, they're like, do you guys want to throw on a porno movie? My grandparents are like, ah, okay. And then they watch it, and then they're like, we would watch another one if you guys are up for it. And my grandparents are like, ah, I guess we can't say no. We're guests. And then they watch that entire second porno movie, which I've never done, and I've watched so much porn. And then... <laughs> They're like, you know, this is crazy, but we've got a third one. Maybe they've had some scotches or whatever. They're rolling with it. But then a whole day elapses. Everybody gets their headspace back together. And then that night, they're like, ah, after dinner again. That's the one I'm the most interested in. I just didn't understand the story, but I do believe that it happened. And it's just weird. It's a creepy situation. I don't understand why my grandparents weren't like, yeah, we're going to leave and get out of here. And the only theory that I've come up with is maybe the other couple, like, stole my grandfather's hat and they couldn't leave. <laughs> we'll only give it back after you watch five porns. Okay. Um, I'm going to close out my set uh, with a, uh, a musical performance for you guys. Um, I often rap uh, as part of my shows, and I have a college agent. Um, he books me shows at campuses around the country. His name is Scott Tallarico, and he runs a college agency called Neon Entertainment in Buffalo, New York, which is the showbiz capital of Lake Erie. Didn't know if you guys were aware of that, but a uh, totally sensible place to situate your talent agency. Um, so Scott often gets in touch with me with ideas for um, raps that will make me more marketable to college students. And so his most recent one is he hit me up and was like, hey, the song Happy by Pharrell Williams is super popular with college kids. You should write a rap song about things that make you happy over the beat too happy. And I'm always like, Scott, I don't want to write that song. And he always says, it's marketing over material, man. That's his quote, marketing over material. <laughs> really inspiring, encourages me to be the best artist I can be. And so uh, I do try to be like a 
compliant artist on the roster, and also, like, you know, if you do what they want, maybe they'll make more phone calls on your behalf or something. I don't know how it works. So I was like, all right. And obligingly, I tried to write it. And I got maybe a couple bars into it before I realized that I was writing an updated hip-hop version of These Are a Few of My Favorite Things from The Sound of Music. And I had to get the fuck out of there. And like always happens with Scott's suggestions, I just wound up writing a sarcastic version of the thing that he wanted me to write. So um, real quickly to close out my set, here that is. Nice and loud, DJ. Drop that motherfucking beat. Okay, I went karaoke-ing, and this is the song someone chose to sing, and with all due respect to Pharrell, happy is repetitive as hell. There's a verse that happens twice, and a bridge that happens twice, and a chorus that happens twice? No, six times. Listen up very closely. Here's two tips for karaoke. When you pick a song, you want something fun that the crowd's gonna want to sing along to, but also something with variety, a lot of parts that are different. I always go with R. Kelly and the remix to Ignition. Anyway, I sat there for four minutes while Homeboy screwed it up, and when he reached the end, I thought, mm, never again. So I wrote this to spruce it up. And the next time that some karaoke yokel goes and picks this track, halfway through I'll jump on stage, grab his mic, and spit this rap. And please don't get me wrong, I think this tune is catchy and strong, but till someone makes an instrumental version that's like half as long, your shoulder's what I'll be tapping on, and your mic is what I'll be grabbing on, and the beat to the happy song is what I'll be rapping on, so clap, clap, clap along! If you feel like a room without a roof, yeah, you see me clap. That way you're not burned out on the chorus when it gets reintroduced. I love it. Good. You always got to keep it evolving and moving forward like a show to a party to a hotel lobby roundabout. So you got to clear the lobby. Take it to your room and uh, somebody. Thank you, guys. I'm Zach Sherwin. Back to wonderful host Cameron Esposito. Thanks for clapping, even though you're hip comedy fans. A special feature on the show this week. There is another podcast that's happening right after this. It is uh, Mr. Moshe Kesher is hosting it. You guys know Moshe from being amazing. I will be on it. There'll be a theoretical physicist talking to us about things we don't understand. And uh, you can stay for that show if you want to. So if you uh, want to stay for that show, just head to the front and let them know you want to stay. And uh, your ticket price for this show, it gets you in for that show. So thank you guys so much for coming. We're here every Tuesday night. I'm Cameron Esposito. Let's hear it for everybody you saw tonight. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nuts. <laughs> 
Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, Jazos. (laughs) Ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.